Hello and welcome to, back to a showdown edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast crossover. Here the dare. Eric Name is with me for what last year we would have thought was maybe, and honestly when the schedule was made clearly, thought it was like potential finals preview, yeah. cross conference. Man, this is going to be interesting. ESPN better put it as a showcase game. Uh, instead, ESPN still kept it as, which is you know, for the Warriors that's a, that's incredible because they've had four thing, four games recently flexed out. But uh, the national audience watched uh, what was actually more competitive than we probably thought, but still kind of dull basketball. Yeah, I mean, I, I think looking at this game, Bucks fans would have expected this is going to be a beatdown, and I, I just think back to last year. In Oracle, Bucks have this huge win. It's like their way to announce to the world, like, hey, we're on a West Coast trip, beat the Warriors in Oracle, beat them down, fourth quarter starters don't play. And this year it's like, yeah, the Warriors just aren't that team anymore. Does it feel quite as significant to beat them this year? No, just just a little bit different. And then they didn't even play well. Like It was a sloppy game from the Bucks. They didn't play well. Um, I don't know. We were just talking about this before, before we started recording. I don't know what the gauge is for the Warriors, whether or not that was them playing well or not playing well. Uh, but the Bucks certainly didn't, and we got a close game out of it. Well, this, this is the Warriors dragging uh, the Bucks into an ugly game, which uh, that is the Warriors playing well because that's who the Warriors have become this year in their current state. No Steph, no Clay, obviously. No D'Angelo Russell tonight. I mean, that's over $100 million worth yeah. of uh, salary just at the guard position, just at scoring guards. Um, gone, so they've turned into a league average defensive team, and the they entered tonight the 30th uh, best offense in the league, the worst offense. Um, so they know they can't score, and they know I they're not an elite defense, but in their mind, there's one part of you know that's elite to them the fact that they can be the 14th best defense. So this is what they want to do like 19 19 at the end of the first quarter. The Bucks, the Bucks fans, whoever people that are used to watching the Warriors <laughs> are probably like, Wow, that was gross. The Warriors are like exactly where we want them 19 19. Um, because that's just the, the players they have, Kai Bowman. He just wants to be a pest. You know, he, he's not going to be Steph Curry or D'Angelo Russell. So, um, yeah, I think the Warriors walked out of here tonight like, yeah, you know, played solidly, stayed in the game, didn't embarrass ourselves on national TV, got one step closer to the lottery balls coming our way, which is all they really care about. Uh, what's uh, Smilagic? Smilagic. Smilagic. Alan Smilagic. He just does stuff, man. Like, I don't know if it's always, like, I was just having this conversation with Nick Fidel. Like, I, I don't know if it's good or not, but he does He doesn't stuff. know if it's good. He didn't know the game was on ESPN tonight. Uh, it was his first national TV game. I'm not sure he even knows what that means. Sure. Uh, he even said post-game, I didn't really know what I was doing out there. He doesn't. Uh, I don't know how if you know his story much. 19 years old, uh, just pulled out of nowhere uh, in uh, Slovenia. And um, they kind of tried to hide him. I know it was like didn't go over necessarily well in like, you know, the, the executive levels of the NBA. Um, and... They had they tried to hide him in the G League last year because he wasn't not yet old enough to be draft eligible. Um, snuck him in at the 39th pick. They actually had to trade into it and trade two second rounds. They actually are high on his future, as you mentioned, aggressive, yeah. confident, a little confused out there. The Bucks repeatedly tried to drag him into action, um, but you know he's going to get cooked by. Giannis, but he thinks he can guard Giannis, yeah. and he thinks he can score on people, and like that does go a long way. Like, for you know, the biggest thing in the Warriors locker room, especially right now, win Draymond Green over, right? I mean, he's kind of like the lone remaining guy. He's such the, the pillar 
of uh, of the organization. Uh, and and Draymond Green really likes Alan Spanajic. He says he doesn't know what the hell he's doing, but at least he's out there just wanting to do stuff. Uh, and that is better than some of the Warriors other younger guys that we don't necessarily have to get into. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, I was I came away impressed, even though I don't know. Like I said, if I know what he's doing or he knows what he's doing, but like I came away impressed. And I mean, from the Bucks side, like. That was just a really sloppy game. This is two in a row where they just look totally lost offensively. Against the Spurs, I think it made a lot of sense because the Spurs made a bunch of shots, shot 54% from the three-point line. It's pretty tough to look good offensively if you keep taking the ball in the net. Like, that's just not going to happen. wasn't that way tonight. Like, the Warriors weren't making a lot of shots. They were turning the ball over. I think early they had eight turnovers in the Bucks and only scored four points off of those turnovers. So it was just, I thought, a really poorly executed game from the Bucks where they weren't doing much of anything right offensively. And it wasn't like they were turning the ball over themselves. Like, they didn't have many turnovers on the game. They just weren't making shots. They weren't executing offensively. And I think the one thing Mike Budenholzer mentioned in his post game is that you know, they're just not getting to their spots right now. They're not executing with the urgency and the pace that you need. And, you know, when you're a lead basketball team, certain things are expected of you. And the Bucks haven't brought it in that way in the last two games. And, I mean, it just shows. Like, that it's not that they need to execute. Obviously, if you have a guy like Giannis, you can win a sloppy game. Like, Chris Middleton can find some ways to ISO for some buckets. And he obviously did that in the second half. But... In the end, like this was the Bucks are just talented, and they could out talent the Warriors on a night where they weren't good. Like they, they just looked bad the entire night, and yet they still ended up winning. Yeah, I mean it's what the Warriors used to do to everybody yeah. else, um, and the Warriors had less motivation than even the Bucks have be- used to have less motivation than the Bucks have because. They also had titles behind them too, where it was like, yeah, just can we please get to you know mid-April? Um, but it's the dog days of the season, you know. Every January, the the stretch from the okay, Christmas has passed. The the marquee Christmas game is gone. The New Year's excitement is fading. Um, and I, I was gonna it, say, I actually just asked Bud about this. Yeah, so I was like, so that is like a, a I think a league-wide held belief that like the teams, the good teams separate themselves in the time between. New Year's Day and the All-Star break. Like, that's the spot every year where if a team had a hot start, you figure out if they're any good. If a team was not playing up to the level, you thought, can they get it back and get into a spot where they need to be? If they're the best team in the league, can they go out and win a bunch of games? And Bud pretty much said that exact thing. Like, these are the dog days. Like, this is where you figure out if your team's actually good. And winning ugly like this, uh, you know, maybe isn't going to win them any style points. It certainly isn't going to make anyone who watched them on ESPN tonight think any more of the Bucks or think that they are the team to beat. But in the end, it's a win, and it shows that they do have some level of grit and some level of talent that they could win on a night where it wasn't pretty. Yeah, you know, Portland lost in here. Houston on Christmas Day lost in here. Um, you know, it's not the easiest thing to do. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Even, the, the energy level is excusable. Um because it's just it's hard for guys to get up before like to me the all-star break is kind of the demarcation point where yes you mentioned especially winning you know seeding wise this is a time if you pile up the wins you can separate yourself but to me like the stretch run where you really need to start hitting the gas pedal is post all-star break you get the rest you kind of get any like small bruises on the body get to recover the mind gets to recover uh and, and i start really trying to figure out I remember when I covered a team that was good I no longer do um, you know are they starting to gain the, a rhythm at the right time 
Um, Bucks are fine. I mean, regardless of if, you know, let's say, that, you know, they're going Sacramento, Portland after yep. this. They go one and one and don't look great. And then you're looking at like a two and two West Coast road trip against not great West teams uh, where they didn't play really good in any of the games. It's really, you know, it's just not that big a deal um, as long as you get out healthy and like Giannis is still around. Uh, but, you know. For, for you, like, this is obviously the Bucks are 33 and six now at this point. It's a good did, record. Did each year with that Warriors team have, like, a different vibe to it? I know I talked to Steve about this a little bit in, like, Australia over the summer. But, like, Steve Kerr said, like, yeah, like, you could tell which years, like, I need to push a little bit harder. Or they were just going to win. Like, could you feel that with those Warriors teams? Like, it was like oh, this was reminiscent of year two Warriors or year three. Like, could you yeah, did they have personalities like that? Yeah. Um, year one, Kevin Durant era Warriors was, like, New and like, uh, you know, especially with KD, he was so motivated to like learn the Warrior system, and then he was, you know, all these new things, always doing some off ball cutting, and there was just so much more of a buy in collectively. And the rest of the team was coming off that just gut wrenching, awful finals loss to the Cavaliers, and it was like, and it, so it was like half of it was a avenge type season. They need to go avenge what it, what they should have had. They yeah. felt. Um, so there was more like motivation on a nightly basis, even in the dull months of the season. Um, and from Durant's side, it was like not only was he trying to learn and like pump for that, but it, it, he he also was like going around the league as the villain for the first time. Yeah. So like that was the story, and that was like a pretty invigorating regular season because you just had that was the storyline that hovered over the team. Year two, Durant, they had just pummeled the league uh, in those playoffs. Went sixteen and one. Yeah. We're fifteen and zero. Um, and really should have gone 16 and 0, and then they just kind of lost game four in Cleveland. But it was just like a, as dominant a playoffs ever. So they stepped into year two, and the league was like, What are we doing this for? You know, that was when there was like at the peak level of like, This is just completely unfair. Yeah. Nobody knew the Rockets were going to rise up and actually give them a challenge yet. So that became kind of a boring regular season in year two, and it was like that was when Kerr would talk all the time about like, you know, it was so hard to, to get them up and you know they gave them practice off so much it was like they probably practiced actually had a legit practice during the 82 game regular season like four times <laughs> like he would call a practice but it would be like you know Steph come in and do some little individual work sure. he would call them get what you need days literally guys could go play golf they get like it, he would say like whatever you think literally you need you mentally need. go do that and that can mean coming to the facility and like get treatment that can sure. mean like go to the movies with your wife if she needs something yeah. um and then year three, particularly this is early, you know, November. You know the incident I'm talking about, Draymond Duran on the bench. That just became drama, 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 off-court yeah. drama. That was like uh, the identity of the team was just, wow, this is breaking apart. Wow, how do they try to keep these relationships together? How do they try to guide this still monster of a team but that's kind of like falling apart at the seams emotionally that's mentally fried together and those were kind of the three personalities i would say of the warriors teams and this team currently has a different personality because young I'm, scrappy and now nine and 30 worst team in the west i like i was trying to figure out what the bucks would be going into this season because last year was like people were just wondering okay like can they actually win the playoffs and then they did win the playoffs but they ultimately didn't win enough in the playoffs. So I couldn't I couldn't figure out going into this year if it was going to be 
hey, we're super motivated to show everyone that we are actually good and like light the world on fire, or hey, we need to figure things out in the regular season, so let's test some things out, let's experiment a little bit, let's see like how this is all going to work, let's improve on the things that we thought were weaknesses during the playoffs. And really, they've just like come out this year and been super motivated. They don't really take nights off. They just keep playing hard and finding a way to win. And I, I don't like I don't I really didn't know what to expect this year because there's no way to know how a team experiences both success. Like that's the first time they'd won a playoff series in 17 years. Like this was their first real success, and you just had no idea kind of how they were going to handle it because it could have gone one of two ways. And it's obviously gone away where they're using it as motivation, saying like, all right, like we're going to prove this, even though no one will allow them to prove anything in the regular season. Like, the only thing that matters is getting to the NBA Finals and winning. Like, that's it. But yet, they are trying to prove it every night. Yeah, it reminds me more of the Thunder teams I used to cover um, because they were dominant regular season teams perennially but knew it all all that mattered was getting to the finals and they had the success so early you know 2012 they were all 23 they got to the finals um and then every year after that you know even they so they trade Harden after the finals so yeah I guess kind of the storyline the identity was like we're proving that we didn't need Harden even though he's going on to do what he did in Houston um but they were dominant in the regular season that that following year 60 wins like uh, a double digit net rating um and it was like they took it serious just like the Bucks did, but at the same time it was like, okay, we will see in the playoffs. Like yeah. everything the Bucks are getting to the point where it they're thirty three and six right now, it's awesome. They look like they're a juggernaut. But we all know it as you know, if they don't do it on the highest stage, it's just a failure. Yep. Um and that can motivate a team in the regular season, juice them up. But it's also it it's 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 a pressure packer and where it's crazy is they can seem so in control all season, but one playoff loss, and you can you got to look around and start to feel like, uh oh, is it shaky legs? Is it, if it's one one in a Philly series, suddenly game three, and look, they can go sixty five wins, dominate, dominate the first round, second round. Let's say they're playing Philly, they win game one pretty easily, but then they just have a bad game and lose yeah. game two, and then suddenly it's like, wow, this is like in peril right now. And it, it's really interesting to think about because I, I thought last year they had that game against the Celtics. Game one against the Celtics in the second round, they get smacked at home, and it's like, oh, they might not be ready for this. Like, maybe they were just a regular season juggernaut, and then Giannis comes out, they win, and, I mean, they go on to win the next four against the Celtics and go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and, you know, everything was totally fine. But the, I think that is... I've been trying to pin it as a Warriors year for like a while, and I think you're right. Like the, it is, it is more because they haven't won the title yet. The Warriors they had won the title, like yeah. they won the title their first year. They were really good, and then after that, you kind of have the well, we've already done it. Um, but yeah, it's more thundery to me. One season, I would say it kind of reminds me of uh, the year Durant won MVP. It's only MVP fourteen. Everyone remembers the speech. Yeah, but um, you know, and that was still when the speech was coming after the first round. That first round, they went in 2-7, and they played the Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies were the seventh seed because Gasol had, like, broke his foot early yep. in the year. and like So they were, like, a very good seventh seed. Um, and they went down 2-1, and they went down 3-2, and they played four overtime games that first round. And it was like, 
that was and that was when it was kind of moving beyond wow this incredibly young team to like pressure's on win Kevin Durant's free agency's coming up in a couple years um and I remember that first round that's uh, I was working at the Oklahoma at the time most people might remember this it was the Mr. Unreliable headline was during that series when they were down 3-2 going to Memphis Tony Allen was like a pest on him um and like that was that was like as good as they were in the regular season as great as Durant was and that was his MVP season um it suddenly felt shaky in round one against the Grizzlies so um it's all about the playoffs man that I'm I'm happy like I've just had a breakthrough like I've been because I've been looking for the historical like comparison the whole time and I think that Thunder year like that makes sense to me that this is kind of what it is and yeah I mean like it, it legitimately doesn't really end up mattering what the, this Bucks team does during the regular season and like I we're always talking I ask Bud constantly like oh was this something that's more viable during the playoffs is this something that shows you can do something different in the playoffs like Chris Middleton on the on the wing posting up making plays okay does that mean your offense more versatile Brooke Lopez posting up does that mean that you can do more in the playoffs instead of just being sent around Giannis and they've been working towards those things but then you know like the last two games happened and it it looks a lot like things look like in the Eastern Conference Finals, where teams just stack up the wall, miss a bunch of shots, and it's what do we do? Like, what what are we gonna do now that Giannis is mission like can't get into the lane? We're missing shots. How do we get through this? Like that continues to be the question for them. And again, I don't know that they can answer to the post in, until the postseason. Winning a game against the Warriors here is nice. Like, it, it will it'll keep this it'll keep the net rating high. It'll keep the record in pristine shape. But in the end, like that's I, I mean, no one in the league views it any other way. Like they have to do it in the playoffs. Yeah, and you know, there's obviously the need to not like overreact to small things, good or bad. Um, I think um, marquee matchups are important to watch. You know, like. If I'm a Bucks fan, yeah, 33 and six, but that Christmas game Hurts. probably scares you a little yeah. bit. And you can't really like you can't come in here and avenge that. You're playing the Warriors, um, so we'll see. Um, that's that's what the NBA has become. Um, I mean, that's and they're not the only teams. I mean, think about if you're the Houston Rockets this season. There's a reason I think Houston and, and older teams who have veterans, um, I think, tend to come into the season a little bit lazier sure. than, than teams like the Bucks because. James Harden and Russell Westbrook really know that it, they'll only be their season will only be defined in the playoffs. Where James Harden could play, you know, the worst level of James Harden defense uh, can kind of whatever around can shoot as many threes can get criticized, but he knows or should know at least at this point. Um, if he just gets to the NBA Finals, if he wins the title, he's going to be it's going to be the greatest season of his career. He's going to get lauded for, or if he rips off another MVP. Um, but flames out again. What's going to be the storyline heading into the offseason? It's just going to be about the flame out. It's not going to be about the MVP anymore. So that is, I guess that's probably always been the NBA, but definitely the new NBA and how we consume and talk about it. It's just we entertain ourselves for these regular season months because what are we going to sit at home and not pay attention? No, we're going to talk about it. But legacy-wise, legacy of the Bucks, legacy of Giannis, that is all mid-April through mid-June. And this year, I think, is especially interesting in that regard because, well, the Warriors don't exist in the way that they used to exist anymore. Like They don't? <laughs> you sure? Kai <laughs> Bowman looked pretty good. <laughs> but, like, 
all those questions surround everyone. So for the Lakers, it's like, okay, can Anthony Davis actually win? When you look at the Clippers, can Paul George actually be a part of a winner? The Bucks are trying to figure that out. You mentioned the Rockets already. Like, you go down the Sixers. Like, you keep going down the line, and those same questions are going to come up. And there's proven winners in all those places. Like, I'm not trying to say that there isn't. Like, obviously, Kawhi won last year. LeBron has won. Like, you can, you can see all those things, but those questions exist for a bunch of teams around the league, which... I would have thought what is going to make this season really interesting, like the regular season really interesting. I don't know that it has, and I, I'm not 100% sure. The ratings tell you it hasn't uh, caught everybody's attention. Sure, but I, I don't know what it is. I, I think there's something to be said about how top-heavy and bottom-heavy the league is. Like, there's no one really in the kind of middle. Um, but I, I don't it, It's made for a weird season, and... I mean, a season where if the Bucks put it all together and take care of business, like, they can win an NBA championship. Like, that's the bottom line for them. And that was true last year that they could have done it. They didn't do it. But that's the reality that you got to keep working towards that, that, really, that final month. Like, towards June, that's what you're working for, and that's what matters going into that. So you can't prove anything now, but if you can build the right habits and figure out how you're going to win games during that time, you're you're in the right direction and you're putting yourself in the right spot to succeed. Yeah, you want the one seed. You want to be sharp. Um, and whatever happens after that happens after that. But like you said, put yourself in the best place. I wanted to ask you about Giannis. You're, you're early, way too early feeling on like where this Giannis thing is going. Obviously from a warrior fan sure. perspective um it's it's the premier situation they want to monitor yeah. but is going a lot better uh than some of the other ones for you know the the team that holds the superstar sure um where their dream is obviously to maybe package like a d'angelo and a pick and whatever for like a ben simmons a bradley beal yeah. uh, you know whatever um Giannis, to me it obviously seems like everything there at this point is in a pretty secure franchise to, to superstar relationship. So I guess like the spot to start is like that package you listed. It's not enough for Giannis. No, like Giannis, like Giannis is way better than all those other guys. So like that's just like not enough. So like start there. But I, I think the the other thing that is you know worth recognizing is last year was the step that they needed to take. Like if they would have flamed out in the first round, if they would have lost to the Boston Celtics, this year would be crazy like ever there would be so much pressure on this year to make sure that they get to where they need to get they got to the eastern conference finals last year they got to an overtime in game three where they if they win that game they're going to the nba finals and they might beat the warriors in the nba finals we don't know everything would not have played out the same way but they would have had that chance so last year they took the step that they needed to take uh Giannis is not really someone who has any interest in recruiting like that's not something I guess kind of like Derek Rose I think was the guy that was like the most vocal about like oh no like I don't want to do that I don't want to play with somebody else Giannis hasn't really said that but he doesn't appear to have any interest in it I also think it's a big deal that he doesn't play for Team USA I'm of the belief that that's where super teams get made like if you if you look through the history of really good players playing together 
you can go to the 16 Olympics, you can go to the 12 Olympics, you can go to the 08 Olympics, like all those years, or maybe I got it wrong, 10, 14, I don't know. Whatever the years of the Olympics are, like that's where super teams get built is Team USA when they're hanging out on a yacht. That's when the Nets super team got built, <laughs> Kyrie, uh, DeAndre, and Durant. But like that's where it happens. Like you hang out with dudes and you're like, you know what, this is pretty cool. Like I like playing with other dudes that are really good at basketball. This makes my life really easy, but there's no Nick Kalathis super team. Like that that's not happening with the Greek national team. So I think that helps out the Bucks as well. And then like there is just the spot where he's super competitive and I think he wants to win a ring with these guys. Like he I think he wants to prove that just like I think in many ways Kawhi's going to get credit for doing it by himself even though that Raptors team was really good last year um, and really talented. Kawhi got credit for doing it by himself. And I think Giannis, in the same way, would want some credit for getting the ring by himself and seeing if he can pull it off. Yeah, the situation I've kind of compared it to from the Warriors' side was the Durant final couple years in Oklahoma City where going into KD's final year, uh, which I covered there, there was a lot of where might he go in free agency speculation, but there was never, ever a... uh, should the Warriors trade him? Will they trade him? What would be a package to get KD? Because there was obvious knowledge at the time that the Thunder, without any type of assurances from Durant or Durant's camp that he was staying, he clearly obviously ended up not, um, they still wanted to try to win the title in uh, you know 2016 because they had a team, like the Bucks will have a team, uh, that is at least considered a contender. And you only trade the superstar if you aren't a contender. You know, Anthony Davis gets traded because the Pelicans aren't close. Carl Anthony Towns, I know he's a while away, but like, you know, assuming Minnesota doesn't get close, like, yeah, he might get traded years before the contract ends because where are they going? Even if, but, but the the one difference um, with the KD situation, which I wanted to ask you about, was there was no Supermax at the time. A lot, a lot of the reason the Supermax was made is because of the KD situation. So there wasn't a Supermax for KD to decline to give more of a hint to the Thunder that he might leave. Um, what would happen if this summer he says no? And do you expect, I mean, I don't know if you have any read on if he'll say yes or no. It's obviously going to be offered. Yeah, I, so obviously they're going to offer it on July 1st. I mean, I think if if they get eliminated in the second round, like let's say somehow the Sixers mess around as they are messing around right now. Somehow, they're dangerous. <laughs> somehow end up playing the Bucks in the second round as opposed to the Eastern Conference Finals. Bucks lose the, the Sixers, like, yeah, I think stuff gets real interesting there. But, I mean, I think if the Bucks make a finals trip, I think it's all but guaranteed that he ends up signing and, and staying in Milwaukee, sign the Supermax when they offer it on July 1st. And then if they lose in the Eastern Conference Finals again, all right, it's it's a little bit less sure. Uh, it would be a spot where I think maybe Giannis would make want to make sure he's applying pressure and making sure that the Bucks are doing everything they can to, to go out and win in NBA Finals. But, like, the Bucks aren't trading him. Like, whether or not that happens, like, whether or not he says, I'm signing, I'm not signing, like, if he says he's not signing, they are not trading him. Like, they will go into that year, I guess in a similar way that the Raptors went with it with Kawhi, like, they're going to try to win that year and convince them, like, hey, we won an NBA Finals. You really leaving? Like, are you really going to leave now that, that we won this Finals? Like, that would be... That would be their ultimate goal. And again, is it is it a risk? Of course, it's a huge risk not to get anything for him if he were yeah. to leave. I mean, look at the Thunder with Durant. Like it, it can happen, and you can put yourself in a really tough position. But at the same time, you're not going to have that many chances to win a title. Like winning a title is really freaking hard. And if you can have a chance where you're one of the two to three 
most favorited teams, you got to take it. So uh, I guess I'll, I'll say all that. So to sum it up, I think there's a good chance he's back. If they go to the NBA Finals, I think it's a really good chance that he's signing on July 1st. If he doesn't sign on July 1st, they're not trading him. Like They will play it out uh, with Giannis and, and see what happens. And then they'll go to the Hamptons. Um, <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's right. Um, because, look, even if, in a weird way, even if Giannis was like, even, especially with the NBA, you know how like the, the underworld works. And even if they're getting hints, as you know, the Thunder kind of were that like, you know, obviously KD was looking around. You remember like before. There was Warriors rumblings while he was still playing. While he was playing in the series against the Warriors. Um, But if you win the title and he leaves, kind of like Kawhi just did, that, I would say an NBA title for the Milwaukee Bucks in the long term is more valuable. An NBA title and Giannis leaving is more valuable than a non-NBA title and whatever package they were going to get. Four first-round picks and, you know, a couple solid players. Um Absolutely. Yeah, and as you mentioned, it's the best. It's the best uh, negotiating like nugget to throw on the table if you win a title. Um, and and though the Thunder got nothing for Kevin Durant, nothing for the greatest player to ever walk through the doors. Um, I I don't think they at all regret not shopping him. They sh- probably should have won the title that year. They were up three one on the Warriors. Everyone knows that. So, uh, yeah, that's why when all this Giannis stuff is talked about, I just don't. I mean, unless he demands out which he's not going to, it doesn't seem, I mean, like, you know, anything I guess can happen, but something would really have to go bad. Um, I see them taking it to the wire because historically that's the smart play if you're a title contender, and they will be with the way they've built the team around him. So um, now free agency, you never know. That was one thing I will caution. For sure. You never, ever, ever know, but I think it will at least get to free agency. I, I 100% agree. Like I, the, and, again, that's what – and I don't want to say, like, thinking about this stuff is foolish because the entire league is. Like, this isn't just fan fiction. Like, the executives are thinking about these things. Like, how do we get Giannis from Milwaukee? So, like, I'm not going to say it's foolish to think about these things. But, like, when you're thinking about how this is going to play out, we just laid out the most likely scenario. Like, this is probably how it goes unless something drastic happens. And with the way that this Bucks team is playing, barring a catastrophic injury, I think it's going to be pretty tough for them not to – advanced fire in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Like, I think it's going to be tough for them not to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, they're just that good of a team. They've built this team in such a way that Giannis might just be able to do it himself. Like, who, like if Eric Bledsoe doesn't show up, if Chris Middleton doesn't show up, whatever. Like, Giannis is that good that he could just be like, all right, we're going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals anyways. Yeah. <clears throat> the smart teams, the smart executives that are trying to figure out a path to Giannis are thinking about it as a free agent yep. and, and, and clearing the right cap space and making the right team and the right pitch. For a free agent, not, I don't think, like, what trade package. No. So, because um, that's what the smart teams did, did with Durant. That's what the Warriors, while winning 73 games, were doing behind the scenes <laughs> with Durant. Um, it certainly was. So, all right. Anything else? Anything else from this thriller? No. I, I think we talked on uh, all the relevant points in the first three minutes and then talked about all the good stuff in the final whatever minutes we just talked for. All right. Appreciate it. Um, and I think they come there in, I don't know, like March or something like that. Maybe, which is good for Milwaukee fans because Steph Curry will probably play in that game. I look forward to that. Like I just like seeing Steph play basketball. It's just fun. So he, I saw him yesterday post practice. We were like trying to be pushed out of the uh, practice, but uh, first time I've seen him, he was doing shooting routine using the left hand, the broken hand, uh, with Steve Nash and Bruce Frazier. And I saw him pregame. I don't know if you went back to the Warriors locker, but they're, they're 
practice facilities down in that bunker, and he was doing it again. So he's inching closer. Okay. Um, he's doing stri- uh, hand strengthening exercises and stuff. I'm starting to think like post All Star break, he's got a real shot. Okay. To, to play now, I, that's good. That, I mean, that's just good for the league. It's like, good for the league. It's very good because you know how many national TV games the Warriors <laughs> have in the second half, including three ABC Saturday night games, which I don't think are flexible. So I, I don't think they are. Yeah, I'm actually pretty sure they're not. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> unless the people want to see that the product on the floor tonight, uh, Steph Curry coming back in the second half would be good. Now, is that good for the Warriors' lottery odds? You know, probably hurt them a little, but um, yeah, I think everyone wants to see that. I agree. This was fun. Yeah, it was. I will talk to you probably again in March. Maybe we'll do this again.